Chinese restaurant Just off Broadway in New York City Where the facelifts come to die She was acting like a waitress With an unconvincing smile War on war, girl on girl Such a machines for taking over the Episode six, the polisher of turds. Episode six, the polisher of turds. What? Oh man, episode six. I know. The the sixth episode in the series of not radio, radio. We are now on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Subscribe. Rate us five out of five. Rate us six out of five, if you can. You did it. You really, really did it. That would be so great. You made this dream a reality. (sighs) We made this nightmare (laughs) a reality. Oh. I think for this episode, so we're going to call some buds like we always do. That's a great idea. Um, Later on, we're going to call Brulee. But uh, I think, Mikey, you and I right now, man, we got to get political on this bitch. Oh, do we have to get political? We got to get political. Let's get super political. I just, there's just things I need to know. There's things I need to know. Let's call, let's call Roger Kuzner. He's retired now for 20 years. He was a liberal uh, member of parliament for um, Cape Breton and uh, Canto Causeway. He was the Secretary of Employment. He was a lot of things to a lot of people and still is. He's a friggin' awesome but, dude. But mostly he's the... He's the, he's the cuz. <laughs> yeah. Love that guy. Love that guy. Good dude. Great dude. He did, he did so much for us. He gave us dinner. Uh, Hello? Oh, Mr. Roger Kuzner. How are we doing? <laughs> Who we got on? We got Mike here too. We got What's the- going on, Kuzner? How you hey, doing, buddy? There, brother. How about yourself? Not too bad, considering the in- impending death. Ah, oh, Jesus, man! It's <laughs> uh, it's been a tough couple of weeks, and uh, but we got to keep the you got to keep the the boot on her throat, man. You. Uh, Premier's doing a good job, you know. He's scaring the hell out of everybody, but. Uh, there's still a, a you know a few people that aren't uh, paying attention, and uh, this is the real stuff. Uh, we, you know we have to take this serious. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll all get through this together. Yeah, you said it, buddy. He you needs us it. to stay the blazes home. Stay the blazes home. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you guys have probably met the premier a couple of times, but he's a pretty imposing figure, and uh, he, he's got a. You know, a face, he'll give you that look, and he's as serious as a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he means it. He's, so, uh, he, he's not a guy you want to get upset. And Strang looks like he's been in a few scuffles himself. Eh? So, uh, but, both, <laughs> but those guys go out and they get it done. Uh, you know, the, the frontline workers are, are doing what they have to do. Um, you know, a, a guy from now, you know, a guy from Duncan uh, being told that uh, you're going to be. Uh, uh, a great uh, asset to humanity if you stay home and lay on the couch. Uh, uh, that's sort of a dream come true for you guys. 
Sign me up. <laughs> yes and no. Um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. For guys like us, our job yeah. is crowds. Yeah. You know, since the, the arse kind of fell out of it with the free music, um, you know, online, now it's like for years they're like, the future is in live music, and now it's not all of a sudden. You guys have been sort of chasing the industry where you have to be in the industry for a couple of years now. And I know you guys, you guys Slow Coaster and, and Steve, I know you and I have had this conversation before. Uh, you understood this and, and rather than pushing back, uh, thinking that, you know, you, you had to salvage some way to still sell cassettes or CDs or, you know, albums and that kind of stuff that you had. To, and then the paradigm shifts again with this. Uh, it's it's got to be tough. It's been a long time, dude, since we've sold cassettes. That's how long <laughs> yeah. that's how long I've known you for. <laughs> since the cassette days. Uh, I was my, my son Brad. Uh, he said, uh, "How long you know, Steve?" I said, "I remember booking him. I think he was 18 years old." Yep. And uh, you, you had a band. It, it had a real catchy name. I think it was the Steve McDougal Band. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was uh, it was called Absolute, and you gave us Absolute. Our, that's right. Yeah, you, you yeah. gave us our first big gig in Dominion. In Dominion, and you did a bunch of Brian Adams covers, and oh, that's uh, my boy. Place. Yeah, boy, Brian Adams. <laughs> well, it was pretty cool, and then uh, we we got you back the next year too. You had a lot of your own stuff. Uh, and the kids in Dominion weren't really sure what was going on there, but uh, the are they ever? Are they ever though? <laughs> Nothing's been the same since they shut down the bikini contest on Dominion Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah, yeah, but it's no, it's been tough. Uh, it's been tough for you guys. So you guys are trying to do some stuff. Uh, you know, the musicians have been e exceptional uh, with what's going on here. So many have been reaching out and just trying to sort of uh, keep people's spirits up and all that. You, you should be uh, you know, proud to be part of that community because so many people have come together. Like like I say, uh, uh, knowing that it's a, a real tough time in in, in their own lives, uh, with the interruption in their, uh, you know, in their in their uh, vocation, and and uh, it's going to have an impact on uh, on how they they live their own lives. But uh, but you've been very generous, you know. Everybody's been sort of chipping in and trying to do some stuff to keep people's spirits up. So that's that's a pretty cool uh, offshoot of this. It is. It's definitely. You know, musicians in the last 20 years especially have learned to adapt. Yeah. You know, we're in that industry where you have to adapt or die, basically. Uh, pretty much, yeah, yeah. And, uh, again, you know, when it, it, it's tough, uh, you know, being a former legislator, technology... Uh, has far outstripped the, you know, the the pace that legislation we, it just can't keep up and uh, the technology just you, you could lay legislation down and it's tough to um, uh, it, it's tough to stay ahead of how uh, society and technology has sort of evolved and um, so I, I've always felt uh, a responsibility on the part of government to protect the creators and to, you know, to, to, if, if we don't have the creators, I mean, you know, there goes 
your music and your uh, your visual arts and uh, so it's you, you have to be in a you know an elected official you sort of have to pay attention listen to the people that know the industry and uh, hopefully take from them uh, sound advice that you know that makes sense and is sustainable and goes forward but it's flexible enough to uh, to adapt to situations like this I mean this is no well nobody could really plan uh, so much for this just the magnitude of this has really gotten people on their back foot but uh, it's global it's, oh, it's, a, it's global thing and it's yeah. just something that nobody's ever seen or or really like yeah. you dream it up in a, in a movie or something like that yeah it's so crazy. Yeah. So so let's yeah. get to the meat of that, Roger. Like you were you were you um retired into the Trudeau um leadership in the, into the Trudeau regime. Yeah. From what you can see, you know, and you can you can be however you want to be about this. Do you think Trudeau's do you think the Trudeau government's kind of doing a good job handling this? I, I really do. I've been impressed with Justin. Listen, you know, there, there, there are a lot of Justin haters out there, and, and that's... Oh, is there? You know, I haven't noticed. That's that's <laughs> odd. I haven't heard those stories. All yeah, I hear is, yeah. are roses and sunbeams. Yeah, yeah, unicorns and rainbows. Sunny ways. Uh, listen, uh, I'll tell you, this guy cares about people. Uh, I consider him a friend. Uh, he, he He's fearless. Um... He will do what's right. Uh, it's not about him. Uh, people like to try to make it about him. Um, but, you know, he's come out every day. He hasn't, uh, uh, you know, he, he's sort of kept his focus on what's essential. And uh, so I, I'm proud, you know, when you contrast it with what's going on south of the border, and that's probably not a fair comparison because uh, I don't know if there's anything that can compare to that. But uh, No, nope, not really. <laughs> But, uh, but, but uh, Justin has done a good job. You, you, you see uh, uh, he's got a, a, a pretty the, – the relationship that has evolved uh, between the premiers of the provinces and uh, the prime minister and really his cabinet, the deputy prime minister, Christian Freeland's a crackerjack. And, and uh, I, I think there's a – I think the latest survey said there's 75 percent of Canadians that are uh, – they're, um, they, they have confidence in the way that uh, they're approaching this uh, this uh, pandemic. So you get 75% of Canadians agree on anything. Uh, yeah. That's pretty significant because, again, you know, they're, they're going to be haters. doesn't matter uh, what the heck he does. But uh, uh, the investment that have been made, uh, great announcements today with the uh, people stepping up, the industry here in this country stepping up, uh, um, I think that that's a positive. Here in Nova Scotia, Stanfields, you know, uh, uh, really, a, an industrial institution here in uh, in this province, really uh, uh, stepping in, and they're, and they're going to do um, uh, some of the uh, productive uh, equipment. Um, uh, I, I think that, uh, yeah, no, I, I think things could. It, it'll be real easy to look in the rearview mirror and you know second guess, but man, decisions got to be made. The, you know, the right decision sometimes, the wrong decision sometimes, but indecision you can't have it. So no. you know, with what he's doing with the uh, rolling the money out, uh, I, I was just read a John Iverson column in the National Post. Uh, who gave kudos to um, the, the the folks that uh, that process EI applications and for 
the National Post to say anything good about a Liberal government. Uh, John Iveson's a good friend of mine. He's a good Scotsman of that, but uh, uh, you know, not a great uh, lover or, or supporter. But uh, he he said, you know, with what's been done to date, uh, it's truly impressive. And um, you know, to to, to roll out uh, this time last year, they did seven thousand. Um, EI claims uh, on this particular day. I think. I think today they they did four hundred thousand. So oh Jesus Christ! Wow, it's an incredible um, uh, you know step forward. And and he understands you got to get money in the hands of the people that don't have it. So we're hoping that uh, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of the uh, the programs that have been put forward, but uh, what I understand is that. Uh, uh, you know the folks that make their living in the uh, arts community. Um, you know the uh, people like yourself. There, there, there's an opportunity there to uh, uh, because it's COVID-19 that have got you staying off the stage uh, and from out from in front of people. Oh, I thought it was my lack of talent. <laughs> I was pretty sure it was that. <laughs> that would that would have been the cap on it, but you, listen. <laughs> You're a guy that you're a guy. I remember being down in Guysville that time and the power went out and that didn't dissuade you at all. Anyway, you jumped up on the bar and grabbed the, uh, the acoustic and you rattled off a couple of tunes until they kicked I, you off. So. I was walking around like a mariachi <laughs> guy at a restaurant. That was really cool. You know what? Dean, you are McDougal. Trudeau has done two things that I've. One second, I'm kind of maxing out here a little bit. Yeah. Trudeau has done two things that I've really enjoyed so far. Um, one was, <laughs> I mean, this is unprecedented yeah. shit. Okay. Yeah. So Trump talks about how he's putting, he was, he was going to put troops at the Canadian border, which I, yeah. nearly, I nearly fell off my chair. Yes. Yeah, weird call. And then Trudeau said, that's a bad idea. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's Canadian for don't fucking do that. What are you doing? <laughs> well, I think we're, you know, the current government and Christian Freeland deserves a great deal of credit. Uh, uh, Francois Philippe Champagne, uh, you know, our minister responsible, he, he deserves a great deal of credit. But, you know, Justin hasn't taken the bait. The prime minister hasn't taken the bait with uh, the president of the United States. It, it's, you know, it, it's geography makers make us neighbors. Uh, you know, the the, the economy uh, makes us partners, and uh, security makes us allies. So, you know, they're, they're they're it's an important relationship, and he hasn't gotten into you know taking the bait with. Uh, getting into a, a pissing contest. So it, it, it would be so much easier. Uh, and he's been pushed by the other parties too, you know, that he's got to do this with uh, with the president or he's got to do that with the president. He, he just keeps his powder dry. Uh, I'll tell you, can I tell you a quick story? I don't know how much time we've got here, but... It, <laughs> we do. We got all the time, man. Uh, we're we're not allowed to hang out with people, so... Um, <laughs> we got know? all the time. Let's let's give her a rip. <laughs> I stayed up the you know the the, the weekend that they this is before he uh, he uh, sort of uh, mentioned his intentions about seeking the leadership of the party and and we were colleagues in the House of Commons. He sat behind me in the House of Commons, and uh, he's a great guy and he worked hard. He was 
you know, he, he's a, he's a good person. And, uh, um, anyway, the, the weekend that he fought, uh, Patrick Brazo, Senator Brazo, and it was a fundraiser for the, uh, for, um, cancer. And it was a pretty neat thing. He, you know, he sought to put the thing together. There were a couple of guys came after him and he said, yes, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll fight somebody. And he asked Peter McKay first, Peter McKay wouldn't take the fight. Um, you know, Peter always sort of fashions himself as a, as a pretty fit guy and a capable guy. But anyway, he didn't want to take the fight. Brazo said he'd take the fight. Brazo is a tough guy. Oh, yeah. This guy, he's former military. He's a martial arts guy. He grew up in a tough community. They didn't fight after school. They fought during school. <laughs> and he, this guy's a tough guy. Anyway, I remember uh, we were leaving the house on Thursday. I stayed up that weekend to watch the fight and to support uh, Justin. And uh, so I said before we were, we were leaving question period on that Thursday afternoon, I said, so y'all set to go? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, I'm, uh, I'm going to beat him. I had myself, you're going to get your friggin' head knocked off. <laughs> and, I'm, you know, Brazil's a t- like, he's like a tank, eh? And uh, he said, no, no. He said, uh, listen, he said, uh, I've got uh, a great coach. He's giving me good advice. I have a game plan. I'm going to stick to that game plan. Uh, he said, I prepared for this, and uh, I- I'm going to win. I'm going to keep a positive attitude, and I'm going to win. And so we went to the we went to the fight that weekend, that, that Saturday night. The place was packed, and 80% of them were cheering for Brazo. 20% were, you know, were token little supporters. His mom was there, and there was a couple of tables of us. And I get along with a lot of the Tories. I was sitting with a bunch of Tories. And, uh, but, they, you know, um, Rebel Media were, were uh, broadcasting it. Uh, Ezra Levant, oh, Brian God. Lewis. Oh, it was just horrible. These wow. guys call them the shiny pony and all this shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he came out and, and uh, uh, Brazil rocked him in the first round. He rocked him a couple times. I talked to him afterward and, and, and he said he got stung and he was dazed and all that. Anyway, he hung in and uh, he stuck to his game plan like he said he was going to and he beat Brazil and uh, Andrew Coyne, I don't know if you guys read Andrew Coyne's stuff, but uh, Andrew's a, uh, I, I think he's, you know, he comes at us hard, but I think he's uh, he's one of our great uh, treasures here in in Canada. He's a great journalist, and uh, he, he we, we were leaving, and he, he walked out in front of me that night. He says, uh, he says, cuz, he said, this changes everything, man. He says, uh, this is a game changer. You know, he, he's seen as a fighter now. And uh, anyway, so my, my point being is that he'll get uh, – he, he doesn't pretend that he knows everything. He uh, – you know, there are those people that are often in error but seldom in doubt. And I, I think we see that sort of playing out south of the border. But, you know, with, with, um, with uh, the prime minister, he'll, he'll solicit the best and the brightest and he'll uh, – you know he'll he'll go through that information and make the decision and see the path forward and he'll follow that path. So he's going to get some things wrong, man. This stuff is coming at us, you know. This thing's coming at us hard, but Facts uh, he'll, he'll get some things wrong. But it's not for because of uh, he's trying to do anything other than the right thing. So I sound like an infomercial, and I apologize for that. <laughs> but okay. I just know, I just know he's he's a good person, and. Um, you know, I, I live my life being able to, uh, you know, there, there's so much that I don't know and I don't pretend to know, but I think I know people. I know he's a good person, 
uh, I would I couldn't think of when I look at other leaders I couldn't think of somebody else we want in that position right now uh, he'll do the best he can for Canadian oh, people he's doing so. great I think he's doing great yeah. and you know what um, Roger my second favorite Trudeau moment of the crisis came today were you watching the news today you might know uh, you might know what I'm talking about here no oh when he screwed up he, <laughs> he didn't screw up he didn't screw up he didn't screw up. I think that was perfect. When he said, people should not talk to each other. I don't know the exact quote, but it was like, try not to talk to people moistly. Moistly. <laughs> <laughs> Great Man, word. Spit coffee out of my nose when he said that. <laughs> you know what? I think, I think people sometimes forget. And I mean, people forget that he's bilingual, right? And I think his first language is French. Yeah, and there are times when you can tell that he's searching for a word, and people get like the uh uh uh, and I'm like, yeah, because he's fucking French, and some things just don't translate into English well, and he's just searching for a word, and I'm sure in French, to say like try not to talk to somebody moistly actually does probably make sense in French. Well, that, that's what I got from a couple of my French buddies. Eh? They 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 said yeah, it makes sense in French. Eh, so. Uh, you know the the fact that I got a, a seventy two and Effie McDonald's uh, French in grade eleven at uh, Morrison High School, I, I couldn't really weigh in on that. But uh, in, in French, it's probably like uh, try not to talk to somebody with such moisture coming out of your mouth that it inflicts <laughs> others with the with the disease that you may have. But uh, in English, it's like don't talk to anybody too moistly, and everybody's like he doesn't know shit. Yeah. Which which brings me to my to, I mean we could talk to you man we could do a whole episode with just you trust me <laughs> we know that uh, here's a here's a question that I've been dying to ask is uh -huh. you know Trudeau's this is his second term yeah we've watched it all go down uh, crisis this you know good bad whatever yeah I have never seen such vitriol such you know, I'm sure you see it too online or whatever. There are people that are just like, this guy cannot bend over the right way. You know what I mean? This guy cannot yeah. breathe the right way. I've never seen that in politics before in Canada. Why do you think there is such absolute vitriol for Justin from a, from a lot of... I mean, people that I thought were like friends or smart or this or that just say the craziest shit. And I just can't wrap my head around it. Do you? Do yeah. You, do you think there's a? Do, do you, I mean, you know, knowing your boundaries or whatever. Do you think there's some kind of reason behind this absolute blind hatred for Trudeau? Because I I like him. I think he's fine. Yeah, uh, you know, he uh, he came out and listen. This is uh, this is pants down. You know. Uh, I'm telling you the the straight goods. Um, when I was first elected in 2000, and um, uh, you know the uh, Justin came in in 06, and he, he's a real nice guy. Like I said, a real nice guy. I remember the the eulogy, and you know I thought it was you know it was heartfelt. Knowing him now, I know it was heartfelt, and and but. 
uh, he has a way of presenting himself. Everybody presents themselves in their own way. You know, I know Mike Lelier presents himself in a certain way. Oh, that's and right. He sure does. He sure friggin' does. <laughs> <laughs> and anybody that follows Slow Coaster, they know what to expect. Now, there may be some people that might be offended uh, by Mike, but, you, you know, everybody has their own uh, way. Uh, when, you, when you go to the House of Commons, um, where I've been, uh, but it's three hundred. We've been, we've been there with you, by the way, That's which was right. awesome. Yeah, Thank yeah. you again for that. I, I you know what? Security. When I was bringing you guys in through security, security guys say, "Are you sure these guys are okay?" Yeah, we're not okay. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> I, I had a great moment there because of you. I got to shake Ken Dryden's hand and be like, "Hey, I read your book," and yeah. he was like, "Hey, that's great," and you were like, "Hey, you know my old man," and. That was an awesome, awesome. Pretty movie. cool. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I still think about that, so thank you. Oh, that's you. right on. But, you know, Ken had his own style. Ken hated question period. He thought it was just so frivolous. Uh, you know, if you ask Ken Dryden for the time, he would want to build you a watch. It, like, he, you know, <laughs> he, he was just a cerebral guy that takes questions seriously. And, like, you know, he's... Serious as a heart attack, and uh, he, that's just the way he goes about himself. A buddy of mine, he's an NDPer from uh, uh, Ivan Godin from uh, uh, from New Brunswick, and uh, you see him in the house, and I mean, he would just be screaming and, and, and shouting and turning purple. His face would you think he was going to explode. That was, you know, his demeanor. There was a guy from Winnipeg, Rod Bernouge, and uh, he was a great member of Parliament. He was conservative. Uh, uh, very right wing, but you know he he was articulate and all. But Jesus, you, you, I, I I felt like throwing him a, a Red Bull halfway through his speech because you know he was that low key. Justin yeah. has his own style, and some people just don't appreciate or like that style, and they think it's a, you know, it, it's something that uh, is less than prime ministerial. When you look at the substance of the guy, the guy is honest. Uh, he works his tail off. He is, uh, like, he doesn't get into uh, the gutter politics. I, I challenge anybody to come up with something where he attacked another parliamentarian personally, because you will not find it. That's not how he does politics. He sticks with the issues. He's respectful. No matter what they come at him with, he, you know, it's just, uh, uh, he just keeps marching on by. Again, you, you know, I... I I sound like a shameless uh, promoter here, but I'm just telling you what I know, and that's all I can tell you what I know. Uh, I, I've got as many friends on the other side of the aisle, uh, you know, conservative friends. Some of my best buddies are are in other parties. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I just think that we're fortunate as a country. Again, when you put us up against other nations of the world, uh, our guy is a he, – he, he loves life. Loves his family. He loves his, you know, he loves his kids, but he loves what Canada is. The, like reconciliation. Uh, everybody holds up the Kelowna Accord as the gold standard for rec reconciliation. Paul Martin negotiated the uh, the Kelowna Accord. It came to about four billion dollars. Justin Trudeau, in his first term, put about twenty-four billion dollars into measures toward reconciliation. So anybody that says, but listen, after 150 years of mistreatment, you're not going to fix that in four years. 
So, but let's keep moving the sticks down the field and, uh, you, you know, try to address the problems. Know this, guys. The house is always on fire. There's always, <laughs> some, there's always something that is going to be going on. And whether it's, uh, you, you know, uh, the United States saying, okay, we want a new NAFTA deal or, uh, geez, I, you know, my first couple of years, we had 9-11, we had Mad Cow, we had SARS. It was just wow. a, an endless stream of uh, challenges that, you know, when you come in, uh, you, you think you're going to do this, this, and this. I, our, our two new members of parliament down here in Cape Breton, I, I know that they they went with great intentions and wanting to, to accomplish certain things. Uh, you know, there was nothing in their brochures about, okay, I want to... Uh, help shepherd my community through a pandemic. <laughs> there, was nothing, there was nothing in the campaign literature about that, but, uh, yeah. but uh, you know, they're, they're doing the best they can with what they got. And this is going to be a while to dig this out. We're all in this together. I think uh, w what we get from the Prime Minister every day is an assurance that, uh, that he cares about people and that uh, he, he's going to do the best he can. with. Uh, and we'll figure out a lot of the other stuff. Uh, you know, on the back side of this, okay? But let's let's save lives. Let's keep people healthy, and um, uh, do what we can do to stay together as a as a nation. Let's work as a team. Yeah. Teamwork. I think the Teamwork. reason that people don't like, I think the the reason that people hate Justin Trudeau is much simpler. And I think I, I think I know what it is, and I knew what it was the first week he was elected. It's very simple. Do you know what it is? Go ahead. He's better looking than them. <laughs> the, the end. The end. Yeah. Yeah. You've got all these dudes. And yeah. when he was campaigning, all their wives were like, oh, he's so oh my handsome. God. He's so dreamy. Attractive. He's so attractive. And, yeah. and right then and there, every man that you know, wasn't say, let's say that wasn't completely self-aware turned against him forever. It's yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's like when the, when it's like when the handsome exchange student from Australia shows up in the middle of grade 12 and every <laughs> single girl in the Hello, whole school. Ladies. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Ladies, you want to come over my place afterwards? And it's I'm like, gonna jam on some didgeridoo and have some big foster beers. Yeah. I got, <laughs> I got big blonde, blonde dreadlocks. And that, that's what happened, man. We're so, we're so used to like, we're like so used to this like typical look of a politician. And then all of a sudden, Justin Trudeau comes out of nowhere ish, you know, according to the populace. Yeah. And he's just this like handsome son of like a Canadian demi demigod kind of thing. And it's just, it, and it, it, people were like, okay, my wife thinks this guy's hot. I hate him forever. He, he, listen, he, he's his own man, eh? and he's really comfortable in his own skin. I, I, I just, uh, uh, we went to a hockey game one night. My my son, Mitch, you guys know uh, Mitch. And, and oh, yeah. He, oh, of course, he, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, he, he was in Ottawa one weekend, and uh, anyway, we, we got an opportunity to go out, and the Habs were playing Ottawa, and Justin's a big Habs fan, so we're just, you know, having a, shooting the, shit in the car on the way out and I, I asked him if he had played any hockey he said no we played some shinny he said we played some host league he said but growing up in ottawa my dad didn't want us to play team sports 
rather than you know dropping us off and going watching us, he wanted to do stuff with us. And, and so we skied and we swam and we hiked and we paddled and we you know he said we 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 did those types of uh, things that we we could do with him and that's what he wanted us to do. So he said we didn't play a whole lot of a whole lot of team sports. He said so I sort of feel like I missed out on that. But you know, folks, we you know, guys, we your parents bring us up doing the best they can with you know with the situation that they're in, and his dad uh, you know had brought him up with that in mind, wanting to spend quality time with them uh, together like that. So um, you know, everybody, it's funny. It takes so much to be a leader. Uh, there are so many. The the skill set is endless. And, um, you know, he, but uh, again, I, I go back to the fact that he's his own man and he's, uh, he's a good person. And I, I think that, that uh, that's what drives his decisions. When, whenever he makes a decision, that's what drives his decision. He had, he had a pretty big life before he was even in politics. Like, oh, yeah. Large life, right, right from birth, obviously. Like, so it's a pretty, yeah. pretty unique situation to be coming from. Yeah. So since you guys are such good buds, maybe you could tell him to answer his Instagram messages once in a while because I've messaged him like five times to come on this show. Is that right? And I'm like, maybe he's busy. I don't know. <laughs> I feel I feel good about him not answering you. Actually. You know, av- avoiding war with the United States, dealing with the United States, pirating uh, medical supplies, going back on their medical supply trade deal, all those things. I mean, maybe he's busy, but if you happen to be talking to him, say like, hey, man, uh, friends of mine from Cape Breton slipped into your DMs there. Maybe you should just check them once in a while. Yeah. Tell him. Oh. Tell him. Steve thinks he's hot. That's the laugh of somebody that's <laughs> not, that's not gonna happen. That's okay, man. Uh, I'll tell you, Steve. You know what? He would have had a great time. Roger, thank you so much for taking your time to uh, okay to do this, man. Steve, we, all the best, guys. Okay. Uh, yeah, appreciate you know, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, love the music. Keep it going, and uh, we're all going to get through this together. But if I get uh, a line into the the prime minister, I'm going to grease him about uh, returning his, his Please. Hey, just say you know what? We're not going to be crazy. We're not going to ask yeah. any like super crazy questions. We'll probably just ask like what he's wearing and uh, <laughs> and things like that. Like we're not crazy. So just yeah, tell him to come on the show. It'll be awesome. It'll be great. Like our listeners would love to hear from that <laughs> handsome, handsome man. Handsome man. Keep the faith, boys. <laughs> All right, thanks you a lot, buddy. Roger. Thanks. Thanks. See you now. Bye. I wonder if he knows that he has to hang up. Uh, you got to hang up. Oh, no, he did it. He did it. He did. Yeah. Man, we could do a whole episode with Roger Kuzner. The Cuz. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I forgot to ask him about, like, how the hell Parliament let him do those crazy Christmas poems every year. Oh, Damn. Uh, we, we'll have to go back. You know, we'll have to come back yes. to Roger at one of these oh, points. We'll have to so just be like, sick. Roger, there's too much. There's too much, man. It's it's cool that, that he knows so many crazy people. Yeah. Like, it's you see, like, when you're up there and you see everybody hanging out, you realize that it's not parties. It's like just people trying to get stuff done amongst all the parties. It's just, it's, politics is just like... It's weird. So ridiculous, right?
Yeah. Let's call Brulee. I wonder what he's saying. I don't know. Yeah, I think he was making dinner. Let's ask him what he was making. <laughs> hey, Jordan, you there? I'm there. Hey, Hi, man. guy. Hey, boys. How was supper? Supper was so good. What'd you have? <laughs> I made sausage and pepper penne with Ooh. garlic bread. Wow. You're like Gordon Ramsay, dude. You're so domesticated, young brulee. How'd I do that? I loved it. How's That's, my level? It's perfect. You know okay. who we were just talking to? Who's that? Cousner. Roger. Which one? Oh, okay, Roger, right on. Yeah, yeah, because I see it's Lynn, but yeah, he, Roger doesn't have uh, he, he doesn't have the old Facebook. So, um, so here's a weird thing, you guys. <clears throat> I just got a last minute message here from kind of a buddy of ours, and uh, he didn't really set a time for an interview, but I think we should we should try him anyway. And if he doesn't answer, we can just edit this out. Um, okay. Let's call Jay Ferguson from the Canadian supergroup Sloan. Yeah. He's my favorite Sloan guy. <laughs> my favorite guy. feels good. Hello. Hi, Mr. Jay Ferguson. <laughs> I'm glad you addressed me as Mr. Jay Ferguson. I appreciate that we're, very much. We're, we're Who's trying, here? We're, Who's trying here? To be, we're trying to be formal yeah. here. Um, it's all of Slow Coaster here. We got Mike. Hey, Jay. How you doing, buddy? And, Mike, how are you? Uh, Goodbye. Jordan. Right on. Hey, man. And that's it. Doing? We're a three-piece, so you got it all right now. Okay, perfect. Hi, guys. Hey. So the deal is, we're calling up, we're calling up buds around the world, around the country, okay. and we're just, we're just basically seeing how everybody's doing through this whole thing. So, where are you, and what's the vibe in the area that you're in? <laughs> I am, uh, I'm at home in Toronto. Um, our band Sloan, we sort of. Uh, in like February and early March, we were on tour in the United States, basically as uh, everything, you know, the whole thing was sort of picking up a little bit of steam, but I was barely reading any news while I was down there. And I kind of thought, oh, maybe it's gone away. And then by the time we got home, which would be like early March, uh, you know, things were getting much more serious. And uh, a lot of the, you know, the border closings would have happened. Basically, we kind of just got home under the wire, basically. Um, so we're kind of grateful that we weren't stuck in the United States or, you know, had to sort of boot at home from, you know, the middle of nowhere. Um, so right now, uh, I'm at home in Toronto, and it's a little bit of a ghost town. I live in the Little Italy area. Do you guys know oh, yeah. areas of Toronto and yeah. stuff like that? Yeah. yeah. So like near near Trinity Bellwoods, which is a really big park downtown. And uh, I, I I went for a little walk today, and I noticed over by the park that there's a lot of uh, police um, on horseback sort of surveying the area, making sure that people aren't congregating and playing frisbee or whatever you know what i mean um people yeah exactly yeah so they're just really uh they're you know really cracking down on uh people who are congregating because the weather's been nice so it's really tempting for people to go out and hang out in groups you know there's the occasional person just sort of walking solo and everything and i think that's sort of allowed you know people want to get out of their house a little bit but um you know they just don't want you know, groups of four and five people hanging out in the park together. So it's, uh, it really is kind of a ghost town and it is a little bit, uh, it's definitely a little bit, uh, eerie for sure. But, um, whatever that's, that, anyhow, that's the scene here in uh, little Italy, Toronto. So did, did Sloan have to, uh, cancel shows or postpone shows, put them on hiatus or. 
Yeah, we did. So the, all the American ones we, we managed to fulfill. We sort of got you know in under the wire. But uh, we were supposed to start a new tour basically next week that would have brought us, that would have done sort of like uh, southern Ontario and then taken us out to the East Coast uh, playing, you know, in Halifax and Fredericton and Moncton and uh and on PEI as well. Um, sadly, not up to Sydney or Cape Breton on that run. But um, boo, I know exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyhow, yes, we had to cancel all those shows. But we've rebooked most of them for October, November, and it's also sort of blown out a lot of summer shows uh, or outdoor type of shows that we would have played. And I know there was yeah. a you know a potential offer. Uh, uh, to play potentially play the band shell in uh, downtown Sydney, hilarious. but um, it's a hilarious be... gig. Yeah, it's hilarious. Have you guys played that before? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. The How band is it? shell. Like, it's weird. To... Yeah. Is there... <laughs> Why? Is there like a little moat in front of it, kind of? So <laughs> there is. So you, you, you basically play for uh, a flock of ducks. <laughs> Nah, it packs up pretty good there in the summertime. Oh, you know what? Oh, does it? Oh, I'm good, wrong. Good. I've we've played it a few times, but they have done like a renovation where okay. you can put people in front of it now. But I do remember a few times playing it where it's like ducks and then people on the side. Right, that's amazing. A very uh, yeah, that's a very a new audience, basically, like expanding your horizons to a new a new audience, basically. Good one for the like the water waterfowl. Yeah. What's really funny yeah. about the band shell is that it was originally built, I think you know, let's say the forties and it was made for, yep. a, for no amplification. Sure. So that's why it is. It's a half shell, right? It's, it's a half sphere. So it's like to yep. project the music, but once you put amps in there, <laughs> man, it gets crazy. Yeah. It's right. crazy. Acoustical you, you, anomalies happening all over. The you're place. now like a I shotgun imagine. of music. You're like a music <laughs> shotgun now. They should have like the shotgun music festival and just have it. There yeah. People, People are in like England being like, what the bloody hell is that? Turn that fucking yeah. shite down. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I would have, I was actually, I mean, aside from what sounds like a technical and audio nightmare, potentially, uh, I've always dreamed of playing there. Cause I have, as you guys, as you know, like I have a lot of relatives in Cape Breton and stuff like that. So I've, I've walked by the band shell, you know, since I can remember, you know, since I was really a little kid. So uh, the idea of playing a show there would be super fun um even though i know your review of playing there is maybe not uh, i know it's not cool the best, but it's still because... hilarious like yeah yeah as as uh, kids or you know or, or in, and even not kids what we you kind of do you, you can like go there you can get stoned or something and you put one mm -hmm. guy on one end of it and another person on the other end and you can just whisper into into the side of it and they, they can <laughs> they can hear it's your crazy. whisper it's really? Just like they're standing yeah. right next to you. It's right super, the, it's the freaky. Ledge that goes cool. all the way right it is back. cool. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, cool, cool. That's funny. That's that's so, uh, whatever, that's uh, that's unusual. I would never play a show in, a, in that kind of uh, um, acoustic, acoustically tuned auditorium <laughs> such as that. So, yeah. uh, anyhow, well, I mean, it would have been, I know that there was sort of an offer, potential offer on the table, and I don't know if it went very far due to, I think the offer came in or it was was being proposed sort of as things were beginning to just about to shut down but um that would have been that would have been really fun to yeah uh, that's too bad yeah it is too summer bad. festivals that are are in the same boat where nobody yep. really knows what's going on with the yeah with outdoor mm -hmm. gatherings of people 
That's right. Now, did you guys have some stuff lined up as well that oh, dude, affected? Dude, don't even get yeah. me going. Oh no, I'm sorry. We okay. are like we are like hardcore unemployed right now. Oh man. Yeah, we're full time musicians, and uh, spring, summer, fall is kind of like our lobster season. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah, and it is motherfucking gone. Oh uh, yeah, it no, I hear you. Gone. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, I saw the other day that you were doing a little bit of uh, live streaming. You were doing some DJing. Yeah. Is, yeah. This, is this like a new thing for you? Is it is like an old thing that's now becoming new for the public or? Um, it's sort of, I mean, I thought, I guess uh, as uh, just like a novice, like I had a, I had a radio show back at, you know, in like the mid to late eighties in, uh, in Halifax on CKDU and, uh, and Chris and I had a CBC radio three show for a while. And, uh, and I would do some fill-ins there at radio three. This is, you know, years ago. Um, so I've always kind of liked doing that sort of thing. Um, now I did one in, uh, for this radio station, that's sort of an online station called, they're called K Piss, which I can barely say. So basically, I'm, I'm saying K, basically saying K P I S S on the X. Totally Welcome anyhow, back to coming at Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, the woman who runs it is uh, is great, and she asked me to come and do it in Brooklyn uh, when we were playing our New York show in February, and I did it, and it was really fun. And she was like, "If you ever want to host one remotely, just let me know." So last week, I did one from my house here, cool. and uh, and I may do more in the future, just because it's a fun thing to do to. I mean, it's fun for me to, you know, play the obnoxious music that I think other people should hear. Um, and then, uh, or sorry, obnoxiously, I, I'm playing music. Um, but, um, you know, uh, it's a, it's everybody sort of indoors and maybe looking for something to listen to or watch. And, and you know, maybe right now is a, a time to do it. Whether, you know, a few people tuned in or whatever, but maybe I'll do it again in the future. It's kind of a fun activity anyhow. Cool. One yeah, of, yeah. One of one of our favorite shows was with you guys. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this or not. It was at the Palace in Halifax yep. about maybe 11 years ago. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it was like 2008, 2009 or whatever. It was it was it? Long story short, I'm still intimidated by Chris. Really? You're intimidated by Chris? Chris, okay. Chris can be sarcastic and, you know, try and make fun of people immediately. Like, there's he no warm-up period. It's he like scares the shit out of me, man. He scares the shit out of me. He, for, we've, like, been playing with you guys off and on sometimes. We've probably done three, sure. three or four shows in the last, like, yep. 20 years. Yeah. And Chris just, like, he just has this thing. He just, like, looks through me. <laughs> that's hilarious oh my I god he's not intimidating out. he's he's whatever i've known the man for what year is this too? i've known him for 33 years i think so uh i think he's not as intimidating but i think he enjoys whatever catching people off guard and sort of making fun i think sometimes it's a way of loosening the ice but i think it puts people on their guard sometimes a little bit so yeah whatever. he definitely, yeah, definitely scares me he's a scary okay. guy i'm gonna tell him right away once uh, this <laughs> no, is over. please don't please don't <laughs> yeah. all right that was a cool night though i remember that night um mm -hmm. really well because uh i got to hang out with uh with andrew a little bit as well and i never really talked to andrew before and he's a cool guy I mean, he's an artist and he's yep. all these things and uh it was cool to hang out with you guys that night yeah, no, I, I had fun. It was really unusual for us playing the Palace, because for us growing up in Halifax, like the Palace was not a bar that you would go to to the see Andy a band, Hall. you know what I mean? What's that? 
the anti-hang for bands. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It was a totally not our, not our, not part of our scene or anything like that. So it was kind of weird when the show was booked there, and I knew that at that point they were trying to do some different events there. So it's like whatever, but it was very unusual. So it was nice that you guys were there to experience that <laughs> unusual show with us, as opposed to being there with total strangers. Well, so one thing, I, another thing I remember about that night is that the second that the show ended. It was yeah. like a complete turnover of, of yeah. crowd. Oh, that totally. the, uh, the guys that wear like the gold chains outside their shirts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big they time. just like piled in and just kicked all of us out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, totally. We've played shows like that before where it's like, all right, you know, get, the, you know, get the gear out of here. It turns into a, you know, um, whatever. We call it sort of like a 905 style club uh, up here downtown. It's like all the people from the suburbs kind of come in and, and uh, you know, crank up the... Uh, you know whatever uh dance music nothing there's anything wrong with dance music although certain types of dance music are not my scene but yeah it was definitely kind of one of those uh i don't even know how to describe it no but, i don't um, know how to describe yeah. it either it was a good yeah. show but it ended, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it ended like abruptly and then yeah. they just like switched over crowds faster than i've ever seen i mean we played all over the world and yeah. that crowd like flipped over man like a house in detroit <laughs> yeah definitely yeah it was definitely an unusual uh uh, place now tell me so where are the good places to play in sydney these days is there any new venues or is anything uh or or different or what's what's um, the best place to play these days you know what um everywhere's is closed really <laughs> oh well i mean now, <laughs> what i live in new brunswick i'm we're all in three different places of the east coast right now i'm in oh, really? i'm okay. in southern new brunswick uh brulee's in oh. halifax and mikey's in cape breton Oh shoot! I didn't realize you were that spread out these days. I didn't realize, guys. Sorry. That's oh, oh. it's okay. It's one yeah. of the reasons why we can't do one of those uh, ever so cool live streams together right now. Right, 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 right. So we started a podcast instead. Oh, that's great! I love podcasts. I'm a, I mean, I've always liked them, and I uh, and I just sort of really fell into them more deeply over the past year. So I appreciate your uh, initiative very much. Hey man, no problem. Uh, <laughs> we, it's it's literally it's literally the least we could do. <laughs> Quite literally. No, that's we, awesome. We should be playing music, but we're podcasting. That's yeah. all right though. Whatever, do yeah. that. Like that's, uh, that's awesome. Um, and what about like, do you, are you in the, I mean, sorry, I, I know that shows have been blown up, but do you have, um, are you considering a new record uh, on the horizon or well, are you sort of, uh, did you make one? Here's you the thing. One? We, yeah. we, we, we did a few like kind of like one-off singles yeah, yeah, that okay, we had yeah. kind of big plans for. And we just kind of, um, instead of our big plans, we just kind of leaked a few of them out. Okay. But yeah. our, our next guest is the drummer for Sublime with Rome. Okay. Who we played with at New Year's. And we are supposed to be going to California in like a month from now to record our cool. new record at the new uh, studio that they have down there. Wow. And, and that's now on hiatus and we're super Ooh. bummed. Oh, that's a drag. Because, what drag you know, we, we, we play kind of like, we play kind of like rock reggae, kind of Southern California sound and mm -hmm. being in the East Coast. So to go down and be produced by the drummer from Sublime with Rome and their DJ was like is is such a huge deal for us, and sure. uh, and now it's like who knows and we're gonna ask him when he comes on the show in a few minutes like 
what we're gonna mm-hmm. do about that right <laughs> sort of make a plan live on the air basically <laughs> yeah pretty much right, right. we have no we have a very loose agenda with this podcast um which is totally cool <laughs> definitely not day. solving the world's problems yeah, yeah we're not solving <laughs> right, yeah, any okay. problems okay that's fine is sloan like are you guys writing are you do you have anything like that on the go like any new kind of stuff um, I guess so. The idea, since you know, since the upcoming tour dates are now being moved to, you know, fingers crossed. I mean, they've been rebooked for October, November, and the next real show that we have booked since a lot of the summer stuff is getting blown out is like August, mid-August. So um, we, uh, you know, are sort of just like emailing each other and texting like other ideas, like what should we work on. Um, I think next year, 2021, is our uh, 30th anniversary as a band. Wow. So, so uh, yeah, we're getting kind of ye olde. Um, uh, so uh, I think the idea is hopefully put a new record out, a brand new album uh, for next year. But in the meantime, um, Chris has been making uh, good use of his time. Uh, we've So in the, in the past, we've, we've um, issued some box sets of our older records. Like, um, we're on tour right now for our old album called Navy Blues, which came out in 1998. Oh, hell and we, yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah, it's pretty, <clears throat> all right. It's held up okay. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> so we've been playing that album front to back on this most recent tour, and we created a box set for it that has, you know, the album in full on vinyl, and then uh, an LP of outtakes, and then an LP of demos, and like a 32-page book, and two seven-inch singles, and all that sort of stuff. So we've sort of created these deluxe editions for some of our older records. So Chris right now is working on... Uh, one for Smeared, which is our first album, and one right. for Be- Between the Bridges, which is our fifth album. Those probably won't be coming out for a few years down the road, but he's just sort of making good use of his uh, time locked at home with his kids <laughs> instead of playing video stuff. games. Yeah, exactly. You got to do something. Mm-hmm. So he's working on that, our archiving stuff. And um, But I think the next project that will be released uh, will hopefully be a, a new Sloan record next year. That's kind of what's on the chart. And I think we might release... Um, uh, a B-sides record later this year, um, just to like our mail order fans and stuff like that. So there's a few projects on the go. Yeah, man, I don't care where you where you are. If yeah. you're at a party or on the street or at a club, when Money City Maniacs comes on, <laughs> dude, it's unstoppable. When that like, throw down, when that fucking siren comes on, it's yeah. party time. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that it's still party time and not completely uh, forgotten and lost. It's to the always, US. always party time, buddy. Oh, really? Good. I'm glad to hear it. Thanks, guys. That's good. I'm glad. So many good tunes. Yes, so many yeah, good right tunes. Why don't Why don't you pick an awesome Sloan song for us to play? You mean me personally? I'm, yeah, I'm going to pick, pick a Sloan song. Pick a deep cut. Uh, a deep, deep cut. Bad. Uh, um, let me see. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, you're torn. You're you're torn. Uh, Navy. Yeah, Navy Blues. That's the album that we're touring. So maybe I'll pick something from that. Um, I think one of my uh, favorite songs um, on that record is called "Suppose They Close the Door." Ooh, so good one. I would I would choose that one. I think that one's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's it. one that we. It's kind of like two songs in one, and we cut the tape like the way the Beatles would have done back in the day, and everything like that to splice cool. songs together. Cool. Anyhow, so uh, yeah, so I'll choose. Uh, that's a Chris one, so I'll choose that one. Awesome, nice. Jay. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on the show, dude. We super appreciate it. Yeah, totally. Thanks. Nice to uh, nice to hear you guys' voices. Nice uh, to catch anytime. up. Anytime. Uh, please go to Apple uh, Podcasts and find Slowco Radio. 
Will do. Give I'm us, looking forward to it. Give us a five out of motherfucking five. <laughs> yeah, all right then. I will indeed. Yeah, good. That sounds awesome, guys. All right. Take it easy, Jay. You have to hang up. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks. See you later, <laughs> Take See care. Bye-bye. Bye.
All right, this is my conversation with Carlos Verdugo, who, amongst uh, fishing and YouTubing and his clothing line, he's also the drummer for Sublime with Rome, and we talked to him just outside of L.A. and California. Carlos Verdugo. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing, brother? We've been better, honestly. You know? Hey, you know what? Keep your head up. Stay positive. That's all you can do right now, you know? So you're down. You're the first person. We've talked to people all over the world. And you're the first person we've talked to from L.A. Or from California, let's say. You're not in L.A., but you're in yeah. California. So you yeah, play, I'm a little bit south. You play drums with Sublime with Rome. You fish. You've got uh, a clothing line. You've got a new YouTube channel. Dude, you're busy. Yeah, man. Yeah, and on top of that, I, you know, I go fishing as much as I can. And I'm a, you know, cute guy a lot at home and so i mean i'm pretty much till i wake up until i I go go to sleep kind of guy you know so has i mean what's the scene in california right now what's it what's the scene on the ground there right now pandemonium really i mean just people are tripping you know i mean everyone's buying up you know all the i mean it was worse a couple weeks ago you know a week ago it was really really bad but yeah, just everyone buying up um, like stockpiles of supplies, and it's not really necessary because you know replenished, you know, every couple of days. So people are just you know getting get their stockpile on, and you know it hasn't hasn't been much of a problem for for me per se. I mean, I've been able to get anything that I needed at the store, and and uh, I don't need like twenty cases of toilet paper or nothing, you know. Are you sure? <laughs> I mean, for now, I don't. I've got a lot of old band t-shirts and stuff that I don't like, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking. And you get to you get to social isolate uh, yourself, like, probably, like, five miles out to sea sometimes, right? So. Well, unfortunately, they've shut down all of the uh, here and, and all the tramps, so you can't even take out your boat. Dang. That's pretty locked down and kind of it's a borderline almost seems like a kind of a power trip kind of everyone just they want everyone to really stay in which is it's not a bad thing but when i'm just going out fishing with my wife dog it's i don't think it's much of a problem you know self-isolating so Sublime with Rome had a bunch of shows this summer. What's this? What's the deal with all those shows? Like, are you, have you had anything canceled? Uh, I mean, we've we've had to postpone some shows, you know, push some stuff back. But we're hoping that you know by, but we could just make everything up, you know. Just hopefully, we could just push everything back. And once this all gets cleared up, then we could just you know start making up all the all the ones that we missed along the way. Yeah, man. Well, we were super stoked about coming down to California and recording a record down at down. I know, I know. It was like, what the fuck? I know. It's a, it's, it's been a curveball for everybody, you know. But I mean, it's just, I, I say my my biggest piece of advice is just to stay positive and take care of your stuff and and not to panic too much because you know. That's what the man wants you to do. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, I mean, you're involved with so much stuff, dude. I, I mean, we talk once in a while. We played a show together at New Year's Eve. 
Um, yeah, man. You're a busy cat. Like, so you've got a tremendous love of fishing and catching fish that on the East coast of Canada, I've never seen the kind of fish that you catch. Some of the <laughs> fish you catch are just like so exotic to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, if I saw the fish that you guys caught too, I'd, I'd probably think the same that they looked a lot different, you know, but we're just catching just comes with the territory. We're you know? just catching little river trout here and there, man. A little lake trout. <laughs> Well, when you guys come down here, when once uh, all this gets cleared up, then definitely, you know, we'll have to make a little video or something of you guys fishing out here. Oh, absolutely. So I just want to ask you a couple of questions, dude. So, like, one thing that I've always wondered about, like, um, say, joining, like, bigger established bands like Sublime and Sublime with Rome. Uh, when you got that call or when you, like, were you, like... I, I can't explain it. Were you freaking out? Were you like, holy sh- Were you a fan of Sublime growing up or like... Oh, you know? I mean, Sublime was like, I could say my top like three bands, you know. It's probably my favorite band, you know. Yeah. Growing up, you know, at, at one point or another, you know. But uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely um, very flattering, you know, that they even to have me in the mix and then um yeah number two just being able to learn all those songs and and uh play them and try out and it was a it all worked out like it was you know uh written out before i even tried you know (laughs) freaking destiny yeah straight destiny but i mean it's it's been it's been a great ride i've been with them for about three years now and and uh you know, we just continue to make, you know, new music and we're all super stoked to be around each other and we have a great time and no complaints here, you know. We talked to a guy the other day um, because up, I, mean, I guess in Canada, but I guess in the United States as well, the NHL got canceled for the season. Oh, yeah. And uh, as Canadians, you know, our, our lives sometimes revolve around hockey and we knew oh, that we knew, sh- we knew shit was getting serious when they shut down the NHL. <laughs> oh yeah! Since like the I first mean, the first time since like 1920 or something. Yeah, I mean, same same with here. I mean, it, it, you know, shut down. Um, baseball is shut down. Basketball, you know, everything has just come to a halt. You know, no no concerts. You know, except for live kind of streaming stuff and. It's uh, it's totally changed up the world, you know. And I was even talking to my grandfather about it, and and I was just like asking him about it and what what he thought. And he said that you know he he lived through the Great Depression and and uh, just like all different kinds of you know history uh, time periods that you know weren't weren't so pleasant, you know. And and uh, he was saying that he'd never seen anything like this with like the grocery stores, you know, so it's wow. definitely a uh, new for everybody, man. It's, it's nuts. And so I asked him this question the other day, and I guess this could pertain to your situation as well. <clears throat> I asked, I said, when you finally got that call up to be in the NHL after all those years of hard work, did you like, so I asked him like your first game with the NHL where you're like, Holy fuck. I'm in the NHL. When you were playing with Eric and you were like on stage and you guys were playing like old school sublime songs and stuff, 
Were you like, holy fuck, I'm in Sublime? <laughs> yeah, man, it was definitely very surreal, you know, to be, to be jamming with Eric. Because, you know, Eric is, he's the GOAT, man, you know? I didn't get a chance to really talk to him too much uh, a couple of months ago, but we were kind of in a hurry and stuff. But um, I can only imagine the feeling yeah, of not, like... Not just, not just musically, too, you know, he's, he's like just an awesome dude so it's a it's really cool to be able to spend you know months at a time on the road and chilling kicking back and it's it's with a uh, sublime with rum i had one of those moments so you have these moments too where you're you're backstage it's after the show you just put your heart and soul into something and then you got people like coming into the dressing room to say hi or whatever so yeah. I was that guy on New Year's. I went into your dressing room and you guys were all hanging there and Eric was there and uh, and Rome was there and stuff. And he was Eric was just sitting back with like a pizza and a joint. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, this happens to me all the time. So I'm just going to let this motherfucker just like have his pizza and have his joint. <laughs> And I'm not going to bug you guys. I'm just going to let it. Because you guys, man, you guys put on such a good show in Moncton this year. It blew my fucking mind. It blew everybody's mind. Was that your first yeah, was time? Was that time, your first man. time in Canada? No, no. We've actually, we've done tons of shows in Canada. We actually, the first year I was on tour with, with Sublime with Rome, we did a tour with uh, Offspring up in Canada for about, month and a half cool and so, so we got to explore a lot a lot of canada what's the what's one of the biggest differences you find between americans and canadians um their accent <laughs> or your accents <laughs> no i mean there's i mean there's tons of differences you know but there's tons of similarities as well you know it's like we're all we're all on the same mission to you know or most of us to have a good time and you know listen to good music and you know do yeah. what we want to do absolutely you just reminded me we're supposed to have a hang in june and in in quebec and i don't know if that's going to happen now well i sure i sure hope it is <laughs> i don't know dude. i, I, think we'll, I, don't I mean know. you never know that's supposed to be like mid june right or something show coming up here in may so I'm, I'm curious to see if that's going to get canceled. Most likely, I think, probably will. Um, like 18 months ago, my fiance and I and our child, we uh, spent some time in the Mojave Desert. Is that not one of your? Is that one of your favorite places too, man? Because I can't get enough of that place. You know what? That place is. Um, it's it's definitely got its beauty, you know. But I don't necessarily drive to the Mojave Desert and <laughs> go kick back out there, you know? I'd probably rather go to the beach or, you know, yeah. Catalina Island or somewhere like, you know, nice, you know? <laughs> I guess there's I not mean, too Mojave, much there's not too much fishing, I guess, in the Mojave, right? Well the Mojave is probably really hot. I mean you probably you probably hit it at like what, winter winter time or something? Try try August, motherfucker. In August, what was it like? One hundred and ten degrees or something? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pushing forty-five Celsius. Which see, I'm not even sure the conversion. On I don't that. even know, man. I don't even know. I guess one hundred. See, that's one hundred twenty. 
that's our homework for uh, for the quarantine. We should learn. Um, uh, I'll learn Celsius, and you can learn Fahrenheit. Oh man, I guess it was like 100, 120, 122 maybe, something like that. Is the, is the U.S. the only place that uses Fahrenheit? Yeah, dude, I think it's one of the very. <laughs> you guys, it's like. It's like you guys use miles and Fahrenheit, and I think like one other like third world country somewhere <laughs> still uses it. But I get it. You guys are like we're America. We get to do whatever yeah, we America. want. <laughs> yeah, we stick to our guns, you know. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear everybody's doing good. I follow your Instagram, which everybody should. Uh, do you want to just tell us really quickly about your new YouTube channel that you just opened up? Yeah, I started a YouTube channel. Um, I got inspired by my wife because she has a YouTube channel and she's actually really popular on there or, or getting really popular. Name and, names. Uh, name names. Her, her name is Mary Verdugo and she's she's got a bunch of different reptiles and animals and, and we've got a big Rottweiler that, you know, she has a bunch of videos of him on there. And she's been doing really well and, and she's inspired me to, <clears throat> to start my own. And uh, uh, I'm not doing like a strictly drumming youtube i'm doing like fishing drumming cooking um just all kinds of different like whatever i want to put up there i'll put up basically so nice should be should be an adventure you know (laughs) what's the name of your channel uh mine is uh carlos verdugo um that's that's my channel i'll put i'll put a little link i'll put a link to your i uh, appreciate it man hey no worries uh, CelosDrums.com is my website I've, I've gotten. You guys could check that out too. It's just a website shows some pictures and shows everything that I've been a part of uh, drumming and whatnot. I love it. So when you're sitting down in the studio, whether you're doing a project for someone else or you're doing your own thing, what what do you kind of look for? in terms of, of like sound or vibe or whatever in the studio, do you have like a specific sound or feel that you're going to go for when you're producing or recording? What for, um, for myself, for like doing drums or for for anything really, if you're doing your own tracks or if you're producing another group, like, is there a certain kind of vibe that you're going for? Like, I mean, I try to be as, as much of a, like, chameleon i guess as possible like i i don't want to like play a punk rock beat to to a jazz song you know what i'm saying so i try to just kind of fit into where whatever whatever the vibe is for the song i want to match that vibe and i don't want to bring too much of my personal um opinion to it you know yeah unless it's like something that is like straight up my alley but i've been I've been doing a lot of drums and a lot of different recording for just very versatile, a very versatile mix of, of music. So, um, just playing that, just playing that kind of role for every different song that I'm doing that way, you know, I'm, I'm doing justice to every song that I'm doing the best I can. Very cool. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us from California. And we were, we've talked to New York, we've talked to London, we've talked to Scotland, um, we've talked to all over Canada. But it's it's good to know that California is still surviving. It's one of my favorite places in the entire world. 
Um, oh yeah, I think I think the whole world is going to be okay. We just need to, you know, just look after each other and not forget about you know our brothers and sisters. Even though you know this is a very un- unfortunate time and an event, just you know, stay strong and just all you could do is just keep on keeping on. Yeah, man, it's so weird. Like, so we're calling everybody in the world. I mean, people all over the world. And we're getting like the same kind of answer, which is you never see that, right? You never see that happen. It's, <laughs> it's you can literally call somebody almost anywhere on the planet right now, and they're all saying the same thing, which is just blows my mind. I've worked with bands from um, from Africa, and and I got them on my Facebook and shit, and they're like doing the same thing. These guys are in like the middle of Africa, and they're doing the same thing. And it's just so wild, dude. I can't wrap my head around this sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I fucking hate this being unemployed and like not being in front of crowds and touring and stuff. Like it's a, as you know, like it's an addictive lifestyle, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think the main thing is just, um, really taking the time and, you know, concentrating on whatever you didn't have the time to do before you know and me before I didn't have have as much time to be in the studio I've been in the studio every single day you know sun up sun down just recording tracks and working on um, doing drum videos and stuff to put out on on YouTube and and uh, online because I've never done that and I should have been doing that a long time ago <laughs> so this time has, has really you know it's it's really been good for me to really concentrate on the stuff that I need to do at home and not be able to just go out and play on my boat. I think, (laughs) I think people might leave this whole situation with more of a sense of, of, of how they spend their time. I've no, like people are not inherently lazy. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we're here now in this point of civilization because whenever we have time to spare, whether it be like making music or, or like making a spear or drawn on the side of a cave or whatever, <laughs> we didn't spend our time just doing nothing. That's how we got here. We got here by doing stuff with our spare time. And yeah, exactly. I think, I think this was like a cool way to like shake off the system a little tiny bit and realize that we are all human beings together and we are a creative species, not just like one or two people. Like we're all creative, you know? Yep, in our in our uh, own way, each of us, you know, even if, you know, you can't play guitar, you can't play an instrument, you know, you probably can do something that I can't do, you know? Totally. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on the show, and we hope to see you at some point, maybe in, this, maybe in the late summer, early fall, we'll come on down and we'll do a little bit of recording. That'd be awesome. We will definitely link up in the future here. All right, so I think we're gonna play. We'll, we're gonna play like uh, a, a newish uh, "Sublime with Rome" song. Do you have any requests? Do you have anything you'd like to hear from any of the new stuff? <laughs> no, that's that's all you guys, man. Oh uh, yeah, we're gonna take this. We're gonna take this one and run with it ourselves. Right on. Well, <clears throat> it was great to talk to you guys, and and thank you so much for uh, including me on this uh, podcast. All right, dude. Super appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Thank you. See you now. Bye. Trying to kill us in the street
You're back again, eh? Mm-hmm. Hey, Jordan, you there, dude? Hey, what's up? Not too much. I just finished uh, talking to Carlos Verdugo. Oh, yeah, I had a call. It was cool. I'm sorry that that got all fucked up there, and I couldn't add you guys to that call. That sucked. No problem. That's FaceTime, was it? Yeah. Yeah, it sucks, but yeah. I'm sure. It, yeah. was, it was cool. Way of the road, bubs. Way, Way of the, the road. road. Episode six was awesome. We played songs. We talked to Buds. Buddy's hilarious, man. Yeah. That's Howie, I should say, not Buddy. Buddy. 
buddy. Yeah, Howie's something else, man. I feel right. like he, I feel like he might have called me back. Did one of you guys accidentally call me back, or was it Howie? No, it was Howie. I, I talked to him. Oh, what was he saying? Mm, nothing much. He was saying, "Don't put this on. Don't put that on." <laughs> nah, that's, what the, that's what they all he say. Wanted to, he wanted to call back and uh, and give a serious interview. <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he could never do that. He'll be a regular. It's He's the thought that counts, though. Oh man. <laughs> So um, this is like day like 22 or 23 of this uh, coronavirus quarantine around the friggin' world. And we would just like to, to remind the listener that this sucks. So bad. I don't think anybody needs reminding, but just to remind you. <laughs> In case they sucks. do, this fucking sucks. This sucks. Yeah. But the light at the end of the tunnel is that uh, slow core radio is a podcast and you can subscribe on Apple podcasts and give like a five out of five rating would be awesome. Totally. Awesome. And We're on all the apps now, boy. I saw it today. Look us up, go to Bandcamp. please buy some music or, uh, just go to slowcoradio at gmail.com and just, uh, send us a little, uh, little e-transfer there for a little donate to the show kind of thing would be great. For the, in the half. for the price of a medium double-double that you're not buying right now because you can't leave your house, you could support this podcast. Simple as that. It's simple. It's easy. Can I get a shot of espresso in my uh, song? At least. Or, uh, in my podcast? Please, at least put that in there. The red eye. So, man, so thank you guys for being here. Good times, boys. Talking, talking to you, Brule and Mikey. And and also you, Steven. One of these days, boys, one of these days we'll be back on stage in front of tens of people. I can't wait oh, to be in the van. I can't wait. Tens the van. Ah, oh, the van. We'll get back to making <laughs> dozens of wait. dollars. We're driving around. Let's hope the gas stays like rock bottom for a while. It's incredible. It's amazing. I I wish I was driving thousands of kilometers right now. Right? Yeah. It'd be so it's cheap. Nothing. Box of bandit. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. This is episode six. See you, bites. See later, you later. now. You have to hang up. No, you have to hang up. No, you have to hang up. I'm hanging up. Okay. Uh, Bye.